This episode of Sage Aging is brought to you by Polk Elder Care Guide, your guide to all things senior care and resources. Available in both English and Spanish, you can find the guide and much more at polkeldercare.com. Welcome to the Sage Aging Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Craven. The mission of Sage Aging is to help you connect to information and resources that will empower you to master the aging and caregiving journey. Weekly, I'll bring you great conversations with industry professionals and others to shed some light on topics of aging and to empower you to take charge of your journey. So grab a cup of coffee or maybe a cool glass of lemonade and sit back and relax as we chat. Are you ready? Hit subscribe now and let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Sage Aging Podcast. Change and transition have been two things that the world has been forced to embrace in 2020. It was certainly not the kind of change that any of us expected, and this will absolutely be a year we won't soon forget. But change and transition are just a part of life, right? Life's journey is a constant barrage of twists and turns that force us to adapt and grow. Personally, I think that's really exciting. And though change can be a source of stress, I revel in discovering what lies ahead. A few episodes back in episode 33, Richard Hayduck joined me to talk about his new book, Shifting Gears, and how he and others have embraced their retirement. There's a lot to think about when considering retirement. If you fail to plan ahead, define what you want, and put the right pieces into place, your vision for your retirement years may fall short. And we don't want that to happen, so let's talk about it. Joining me today is Helene Liatzos of Retirement Explored. It's a blog that chronicles Helene and her husband Zaf's exploration of the path to retirement. As an entrepreneur, Helene is no stranger to the idea of planning ahead and embracing change as it comes. Last year, Helene and Zaf decided that 2021 would be the year that they retired, and since that date have jumped in with both feet exploring what that will look like. I'm thrilled to share Helene with you today, so let's jump in. Welcome to the show, Helene, and thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, hello. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to speak with you and to your audience. Um, We have a lot to share and I'm eager to get going. Well, good. Well, hey, I think the best place to start, you're a really cool person. And in our pre-booking conversation, I walked away thinking, wow, what a person who has a zest for life. And I just love that about you. So why don't we start by you just sharing a little bit about yourself with us? Well, where to begin? I am uh, living in Los Angeles. I was originally uh, from New York City. I'm a child of immigrants. My parents came from uh, uh, the country of Greece, and I grew up immersed in that culture, and I'm bilingual. And I think uh, that culture is known for its zest for life, and those that's definitely in my genes. I had two visions when I was growing up, that I was going to be an actress, and I was going to be a business owner. And I had enough uh, stamina and get-go and what have you to do both. 
Well, obviously one of them didn't happen, but I have excelled in business and I had spent the better part of my life, my career in helping people start and operate a business. My niche is uh, home-based businesses. I teach online. I do private consultations. Uh, and it's been a joy helping people create an idea or have an idea and make it happen. Help them create, help them establish. And it's, it's just been so rewarding to me. And now at, at the end of, of, of a long, um, I think, an illustrious career, uh, I'm looking forward to semi-retiring. My husband will be retiring completely, and um, I still just can't let go of helping people. So I'm going to be semi-retired. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I kind of see the same for myself. And, you know, we have another thing in common. When I was a kid, I was certain I was going to be an actress as well. That was it. (laughs) How fun. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. So your husband is going to retire completely. When does that happen? Well, we're both going to uh, retire slash semi-retire at the same time. We are uh, currently the house is up um, for sale. One of our businesses uh, is up for sale. Uh, we're looking at um, by the end of February 2021, we should be all done. And then we're going to take off. We're going to go for um, to Europe, primarily Greece and Italy for about six months. And we are going to uh, enjoy a well-deserved and well-earned six months of doing nothing but traveling. That's our goal. Wow, that is so exciting, and I am so jealous. <laughs> so you're going to spend well, your the first. Time will come. Yes, it will. It will. I've got a few years yet. I I'm 53, and my husband is 55. And you know, like you, when you start to think about what comes next, you start to visualize and start to put those pieces in place and plan ahead to make sure that your own vision of your retirement can actually become a reality. Because without the planning part, I'm not sure that it ever happens the way that you want it to. Agreed. And and I've used that in my business uh, all these decades is, is the planning, it's the thinking things through. And I always start with, if you had a magic wand, what would you create? And that applies to a business, a dinner party, a retirement plan, whatever it is that you're, you're hoping to achieve, you have to have a plan. You have to think things through. And this, this issue of a vision is very interesting and very complicated at times because my vision uh, at the very beginning was a little bit different than my husband's. Um, his was, you know, golf and, and uh, uh, enjoying long uh, lunches and, and this type of thing. And I finally, after all this, this time, have conveyed this message with success that you have to have a purpose. You just can't get up in the morning and think about what you're going to have for lunch. You have to have a reason to get out of the house, to keep your mind and body occupied And I have seen this so many times with people who retire. And granted, some of these people didn't plan on retiring. Retirement kind of happened to them. Uh, Loss of business, loss of a spouse, um, et cetera. So they are very melancholy. Um, They don't have have to get up and go to, to do something for themselves because they didn't plan. They didn't have a hobby. They didn't have an interest. They're not readers. They're not walkers. And it's very sad to see that. Mm. 
Wow. So what advice would you give to somebody who is faced with a sudden retirement? How do they begin if they didn't plan ahead and didn't put the pieces in place? How can they achieve that? Well, unfortunately, we're living under uh, times where you really can't get up and go. My sister told me yesterday that she meets a, a friend of hers. They've been meeting twice a week for coffee for the last five years. And uh, she told me yesterday that they met up for coffee and basically they bought their coffee and walked out of the store and sat in their car because there's no place to go with this uh, lockdown that we have here in Southern California. So at this time, it's a little bit difficult. Uh, But overall, in normal times, if you will, I think it's to start slowly to, to adapt emotionally, mentally, spiritually, that that phase of your life is is over. And that is good news because that leaves you with a new phase to take over. And sometimes we have to think deep down inside, we have to reach all the way back probably to our childhood and say, oh, you know, I used to have an interest in collecting stamps or uh, doing my genealogy and finding that little seed of interest that you might have had and perhaps put on the back burner because you were busy living life um, and, and bring it forward, you know, start watering it and start. And, you know, with the advent of, of, of the um, internet, my goodness, everything is, is available to us right there on the computer. Uh, when I stop and think about my parents retiring, um, again, going back to that zest for, for life that Greeks are known for, uh, they created an amazing backyard with uh, my mother did the flowers and the plants and my father did the vegetables and the fruits. And they had so much that we ended up um, giving it away to senior citizen homes and, and people that we knew because they, and that was their passion and that kept them young. So that that was a good thing. That is so cool. You know, I think it's you that said this. I I have this quote written down and I believe it was your quote. I don't want to revisit. I want to reinvent. I love that. Yes. It's part of my blog. It's it's a blog that I wrote called re R E versus re. And I think my opening statement, if I remember correctly is I want to be retired, but I don't want to retire. And those are two different concepts. Agreed. But I don't think that most people get that. I think it's all lumped into one. I wonder how many people really understand retirement in general. I think most people see, if you say retirement, they think of an age. They say, well, that's 65. (laughs) That's when you stop working a job. But I wonder how many people give thought to what comes after, what comes next. Well, from my experience, I think it's about... mm, 60 no and 40 yes. 60% don't think about it and 40% do think about it. Hmm. I would say that would probably be my percentages of the people that I have spoken with and and I know personally. Um, Well, we're going to have to work hard to shift that, aren't we? Absolutely. And that, that was, that's the purpose of one of the purposes of my, of my blog is to inspire others to take charge. This is like a, a second life. This is a second chance. I love the the uh, postings that I see on social media of uh, retired people or retirement aged people who are suddenly dressing like they're 
bohemians or, or they take up <laughs> tap dancing or, or they, you know, they try a different hair color for the first time in 60 years. Um, I love those people because they, you can tell that they have a passion for life and they're not giving up. That is so true. So what was your catalyst in starting the blog? Was it after the conversation that you and Zaf had about when you wanted to retire? Or was that, did the the idea for the blog and the exploration of that path to retirement come first? I think it was after we decided on what we both agreed as to the vision of how we're going to retire. Where, where are we going to go for the first year? That was the first planning that we did. and then we started making lists or rather I should say I started making a list because you know how that goes Uh, of, uh, okay. So what has to happen? We have to start giving away some of the furniture. We have to start looking for a place that we might want to move to. We have to um, just do a whole bunch of things, you know, get the house ready for sale, et cetera. And in that daily activity, I said to myself, gee, I wonder how many other people are going through this. Because it's not just getting rid of the furniture and, and the knickknacks. It's the emotional aspect of letting go. Right. Um, especially if you have things that were passed down to you by, you know, your parents or other uh, relatives that you that you loved. Um, very, very difficult. And uh, I said, you know, I'm going to blog about this because if I'm going through this, there must be at least a few people out there that are going through this. And I, it's tell you the truth, I have been astounded by the the feedback I got from people who are going through exactly what I'm going through. So from there, I said, okay, we're going to do this about exploring. But then what happens after we retire? There's got to be a continuation. And that's where my travel will be the starting point, the catalyst for that section of the blog and and the journalizing of our our retirement uh, travel program, but then after we come back from our travels, how do we settle into a new place? How do we make new friends? How do we find new activities? How do we feel about reaching for something that we gave away and finding out that it's not there no more? You know, there's there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that we go through. Uh, as human beings with with changes in our life as as you spoke about at the at the beginning of this podcast, so I figured you know what if i 'm doing this, other people are going through this, and I wanted to share and also I wanted to journalize my trip for my family to see what what it 's been like as well. I love it. I've been browsing through your blog posts and reading some of them and boy, some of them really get you thinking. And one of them that really spoke to me was your post about music. You know, they say that, you know, music is the window to the soul. And Mm -hmm. as you were cleaning your house and, and decided to play some of your music, tell me about that day. Well, it was one of those days where you wake up and you just know that nothing is going to go right. You just wake up with that kind of that mood or that feeling. And I said, okay, well, I can, um, I can spend some time just putting some things away and what have you. And the more I did that, the more uh, melancholy I got. And I did turn on the TV. And at one point there was, somebody was playing some music. I don't know, it was a commercial or something. And I said, I'm going to turn on some music. 
And that was a switchover where I switched from the TV to playing music. And then I thought about the times that I played music and has completely changed my, my outlook in life and, and my perspective. And of course, different kinds of music creates different kinds of moods, which I, which I blogged about. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, my favorite is, is the one from my own generation, which is that rock and roll beat. I don't care what anybody says, nothing, nothing surpasses that beat. It is the optimal rock and roll. I love it. Were you a dancer when you were younger? Did you enjoy dancing? Yes, I certainly did. I started Greek dancing. My mother used to uh, teach my sister and myself how to Greek dance. That was that was my first dancing. And then um, I went into ballet and tap and modern um, all the way through college. And that was part of my um, grouping under acting. I was going to do musical comedy. Um, and I've always enjoyed dancing and thank God I married somebody who enjoys dancing as well. Oh, that's great. That's really great. So as you've been going through this planning and exploration and downsizing and purging and all of that, what, what have the realities of that transition been for you that maybe you didn't expect some of the things that came along that you weren't planning for? Well, I think it's the first, I call the first path, which is going through the house and absolutely uh, grabbing the things that must go, that you had no connection to. And then as I narrowed that down and got rid of the first path, I started going a little deeper. And that, that, that was the most difficult part, because now we're looking at things again, as they were passed down to me from, from family members. And then the realization hit even harder when we went to visit some smaller uh, homes that we were interested in and driving home, realizing I'm never going to fit all my stuff in there. So you had to dig deeper and get rid of some other stuff. And, And the outcropping of all of this came to, do I really need another dish or another vase that my aunt left me? Is that going to help me remember her? And the answer is no, Mm. I have enough. And I also have my memories in my heart and in my soul and in my mind. So that was a huge step, understanding that uh, a tangible item is not going to um, help me remember her any better or any deeper. Right. I think letting go is probably one of the hardest parts as you begin the downsizing process. Yes, yes. And, and. The other part of that is I'm going to need it. You know, I'm, I mm-hmm. may need this in the future. And then you you go through your kitchen and you realize you have 15 bowls and you only really need three. So, right. <laughs> you know, getting to that realization that, you know what, you can get another bowl for eight bucks at the 99 cent store. You know what I mean? You can exactly. get another bowl. It's kind of like those jeans that sit in the back of the closet that you say you're going to get into one day, but you know that you never, ever will. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta let go of that stuff and just get rid of it. Those days are gone. (laughs) Yeah. I, I remember vividly in my generation, and I don't know if you've had this experience where you had two sets of, of sizes, you know, you had kind of like your thinner side and then your heavier yeah. side and you were saving yes. both in case your weight fluctuated. And then you get to the point in life and you realize 
my weight is not going to fluctuate. I am what I am. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, exactly. You know, Purge, yeah. get rid of it. And if you need it again, yeah. like you said, you can go out and enjoy shopping for a new one. Yeah, absolutely. So along the way, a lot of people, as they're planning for their retirement, they may experience some unexpected transitions in their life. I know your sister is in that group in the loss of her husband. So how do you navigate that when that happens? You're thinking that you're headed in one direction and all of a sudden there's an illness and somebody needs to be cared for or somebody suddenly passes. Tell me about that. And how does that fit into this exploration and planning for retirement years? Well, I would think the loss of a spouse or the uh, illness of a spouse um, is probably the most difficult, although monetary reversals um, is also very difficult. Uh, And having experienced firsthand uh, through my sister what she went through, um, I think it's it's the same process of, of, um, you know, I think it's like four steps, you know, denial. Uh, you know, um, and you get to final acceptance. And one of the things that my my niece uh, told me and my sister told me um, with with my brother-in-law's passing was I said goodbye to him a long time ago because he was suffering from dementia and uh, early stages of Alzheimer's. So that was very telling to me that they were on the steps to acceptance um, but it's it's also interesting that it's lonely. It's very lonely because even though when my, my brother-in-law was alive and he was in his illness, my sister spent time alone. There was nobody to talk with. Right. You know, I mean, she does have her immediate, uh, her, her son and, and his family living in the same uh, property. Yeah, and uh, my niece is around her and, and uh, she's had dinner with me and my husband twice a week for the last six months. So we've all been around her, but ultimately she wakes up alone and she goes to bed alone. And that, that's been very, very difficult. And, and the most you can do is offer support verbally and uh, making sure that you're spending time with them, encouraging them to seek out uh, other people who are, quote, left alone uh, and creating new new avenues of of relationships and and conversations and and if it wasn't for this this darn virus that she'd be a lot more active with with finding other people that can you know share some activities with her so right. uh, that was like the double whammy she can't go anywhere coronavirus sure has made everything different. I mean, in so many ways, social isolation is such a huge issue among the older generation. And especially now because they're vulnerable to this virus and really cannot afford to get out and get in groups like maybe somebody younger who says, well, if I get it, I'm going to be fine, which by the way, it just irks me to no end, but that is an attitude. You know, I'm, I'm young and I'll survive this, but people who are vulnerable really cannot afford to do that. Yes. Uh, agreed. And especially those that are live alone because mm-hmm. there's nobody to take care of them. Right. And there's a huge, there's a huge population of seniors who live alone. Mm. Boy, uh, that's a, sad. that's a whole nother conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. Very much so. And, and, on social media, um, I see quite often 
primarily women say, um, I'm all alone on the holidays, but I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Well, you know, what do you do with that? I mean, how do you help this person? And then you stop and say to yourself, how, why is she all alone? She has no relatives. She has no friends, no neighbors. So it's, it's a question that begs to be asked, I think. Um, I agree with that. I agree with that. That, and that is something that a lot of larger organizations like the Alzheimer's association, like AARP, uh, a lot of local organizations are working really hard to figure out how to move beyond that. Some of them offering electronic devices that would allow for zoom and, um, FaceTime visits with family and friends, some offering virtual support groups where someone can get online and uh, jump into a call or use their phone and jump into a call to at least have some interaction with other people. And I have noticed, which is so interesting, most of the time I see these groups out of Canada, college students who are creating organizations that will interact, whether it's via pen pal type of thing or in-person visits or uh, virtual visits with seniors in order to create that intergenerational connection, which I think is really cool. But you're right. We need to explore that further and make that more commonplace and not kind of the, the diamond in the rough that sits out there. Yes. And all that is great. And, and I totally agree with you. This is this is uh, amazingly um, a positive step in in the right direction. However, I can caution that there's an X amount of people that just don't do it for whatever reason. Yeah, they just don't. They don't want to learn about technology. Um, again, under normal conditions, they don't want to drive down to the library and volunteer or to the hospital or wherever they just kind of wallow in their own loneliness and and that just perpetuates more loneliness and depression. And I know, I know several people in my immediate community where they would never call me and say, Hey, Helene, let's go down to the library. They're having a book sale and they're looking for volunteers. She would never do it. Hmm. But if I called her and said, let's go down there, she would do it. So there's, there's people out there, that are not initiators, they're followers. Right. Well, I think that's our call to action. (laughs) We need to go, those of us who are the initiators, we just need to step out there and take care of it. (laughs) Right, right, right. And and, um, I have, um, on that blog that I wrote about music with all those 45s that I still am hoarding um, because we intend to host oldies parties. Ah, Um, yes. That's something that I want to do. That's going to be my initiation in my new community where I actually can invite people over, you know, with this virus going away sometime soon um, and and initiating people into the world of music and dance uh, where perhaps they were more isolated. But if it's like that, that movie, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Fantastic. You have a lot to look forward to 
in your retirement. And I love how you've embraced the exploration of that and the planning for that. So another thing that I love is how you are sharing your exploration with others. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I saw that you and Richard, who wrote Shifting Gears, recently teamed up to offer a webinar of some kind. Is that right? Yes, we did a webinar on how to blog and or write in retirement. That is so exciting because that's a really great way for people to be able to enjoy their life as it was and as it is. Yeah, to chronicle it. I know my my husband, who's not a writer, is now looking into, um, I think it's text. There's some kind of service where you can speak your thoughts, and they become text on your computer. Again, yes. technology is not really my forte. But he's looking into that because he's not a writer. But he wants to record his family's history. He wants to record his thoughts about retiring and, and all of that. So there's a lot of seniors out there who have amazing stories. I believe that every single human being is a story, their own story. And those of us who chronicle that bring new joy to other people who perhaps will be inspired by, by our own writing and saying, you know, I, I remember I had a great aunt that was a real character and she was the beginning of our family here in America. And I'm going to write about that. To me, that's a, that's a blessing. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And I think I need to take the time to do the same thing. I've never been good at taking pictures and, and writing journals and things like that. And I wish, as I look back, that I had been better at that. I kind of carry those memories with me and live in the moment. And there's value to that as well. But wish that I had done the other side a little bit better. Well, you get better start getting getting at it because You're time right. is, is precious. And it gets it gets worse as you get older because you forget. We, my sister and I, we we continually disagree about certain events that happen in our childhood, um, and then we have to find relatives that could verify one one side of the story over the other. I love <laughs> so it. It becomes like a, it becomes <laughs> like a whole family conversation. That's um, great. Well, hey, before we finish up. Do you have any sage advice that you would like to impart to our listeners about embracing retirement? Yes. It is my motto that I've used in my business for over 30 years when I was helping people establish a business. And that motto is love what you do and live the life you love. And that applies to retirement. If you love what you're doing, you're going to live the life of retirement that you love. I think that's fantastic. You don't need anything else, do you? No, you have to enjoy it. Yep. And I think that applies at any age that you are. That is something, a motto that, like you said, you can take through your entire life. And if you apply just that to your life, you'll be doing very well. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, Helene, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for inspiring this conversation about 
what comes with retirement. I just absolutely love your blog and everything you're doing. And for listeners, by the way, I'll make sure that I have all of the links to Helene's social media and her blog so that you can take a look yourself. I highly encourage you to do that because you're going to enjoy it so much. So thank you so much for joining me today. You are quite welcome. It was a pleasure. And thank all of you for listening. I hope this conversation has inspired you to start planning and exploring no matter what age you are. If you're enjoying the Sage Aging Podcast, I would love it if you would subscribe, follow, or leave us a review. And also, as I say every week, more importantly, share it with a friend. And if you want to catch up on back episodes or see the blog post for this episode, head over to sageaging.us. You'll find all of that there and a lot more. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk real soon. Bye.